It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. Right COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a good one in store uh, to kick off the week. Coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk about cybersecurity with uh, one of the nation's top cybersecurity experts, Johnny Young. And uh, in, the, in the middle, the second hour, we're going to talk with the president and CEO of Population Connection. And he's going to talk about uh, connecting the dots between climate and population, why it's important here in Michigan, where our show is based. Um, John Seeger will be joining me by phone. But my first guest is a rheumatologist and a community activist, or, or uh, advocate, rather. And he has uh, a new book. It's called The Six Pillars of Advocacy, Embrace Your Cause and Transform Lives by Dr. Tarek Catella, who joins me by phone. Hi, Tarek. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, Why is a rheumatologist writing a book about advocacy? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Well, anyone could advocate, you know, regardless of whatever they do or work. Um, And so, you know, uh, anyone who has a dear close to his heart and trying to, or her heart, and trying to, you know, 
uh, make changes uh, will will be advocating for their cause. And so it doesn't matter, you know, the type of work or job and how busy you are. Uh, you know, we all try to get some time and, and work on our causes and try to help people. A lot of a lot of people um, have concerns about the way things are going and the, the violence and social unrest we haven't seen since the 1960s. Um, but a lot of people feel like there's really nothing they can do. Are they wrong? You know, there is always something that could be done. If we feel desperate and we stop working and advocating and trying to make changes, then we're never going to be progressing or moving forward. And we did not get here where we have democracy and we have election and, and women can vote and minority can vote. And, you know, we did not get here without people advocating and trying to make change. And if they said the same thing 100 or 200 years ago, uh, we've never been in the same place we are right now. So, yes, sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's difficult and sometimes we feel like, you know, big entities and corporate and control everything. Uh, but in general, that's true to only some extent. Our people can make changes if they decide how it needs a lot of work, though. It needs commitment and it needs to stay active. Um, so I think there is, there is good room for changes, but people need to believe and work. Like anything in, 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 in the world, you know, if you work hard for it, you get it. Um, so. Yeah, there's, a, there's an old saying um, that you can't fight City Hall, but what are things that people, and I'm talking about just regular people that don't necessarily feel like they have a lot of power or are in positions of power, um, what, can, what can they do to advocate? What kind of causes can they impact? Really, I think they can impact any cause. It, it's all about passion and dedication. So I wouldn't tell you what cause because it depends on the issue that someone is trying to make changes or advocate for. Uh, and that's very important because unless you have passion, it's hard to be committed and dedicated. Uh, but there are so many things that could be changed. And uh, it just depends on what the person feel like, you know, they, they have problem with and they feel this is not fair and they feel this needs to be changed. Uh, but it's a variety of causes and, and I wouldn't be able to even count them. Well, Tarek, you're a member of uh, Citizens for a Secure and Safe America to protect freedoms in Syria against uh, their president, uh, Bashar al-Assad. Um, why is a group in America interested in the, the politics of Syria? Yeah, uh, that's a, a reasonable question. I think for two reasons. Number one is uh, many of us were born in Syria and came when we were young here. Uh, so, so we have that connection. Number two, whenever you see atrocities and human uh, right violation, 
whatever you see it, you feel sympathizing with these people. And so when you were also born there and you know many of these people, it even give you more passion to work for them and try to help them. So that's basically why we, uh, you know, join this effort and try to help. Well, and I, and I brought that up as an example of how people can take an interest in any cause and, and organize and do something, advocate um, for change. And, and, and that's why I wanted to bring that up is to ask this question, which is, should people be focusing their causes, their, their attention? Should they be selecting issues to work on or advocate on behalf of locally? Or does it really matter where in the world their interest takes them? Yes, I agree with you. I think people need to be focused because if you tackle so many issues, you're probably not going to be as successful uh, when you divert your efforts. So um, nationally, locally, internationally, it really doesn't matter. It's all, again, about passion and where you feel your efforts should be dedicated to and where you think your priority is. For example, I also help uh, some of the, uh, you know, uh, uh, healthcare professionals here in Indiana with their struggle against corporate medicine. And so that was local, and we had to go to the state house, and we had to meet with the speaker of the house and host events for them. And so, so I did work, but I didn't do more than these two things. And one was local just because it has to be with the work I do uh, uh, as a physician. And the other one was just from, you know, the uh, watching news and having some relative in Syria. Um, so it all depends, again, on what's bugging the person. Is it something local in his own life, um, education, uh, working with the city, working with the county, or is it something that's, you know, far away uh, and that he got, uh, you know, connected to somehow, somewhere? I, you know, I have to ask you this. This is completely parenthetical to our conversation this morning, Tarek, but what does a rheumatologist do? So a rheumatologist is a specialized physician who treats um, autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, vasculitis, uh, these kind of disease. So kind of joint pain, but more uh, autoimmune joint pain, not not injuries and surgeries like orthopedic. Well, thank you for <laughs> letting me know. I It was a familiar term to me, but I, I sat there and thought about it for a minute, and I thought, I really don't know what that <laughs> means. Um, and I was uh, just teasing when I said, why, you know, why is a rheumatologist interested in uh, advocacy? It's because we should all be interested in advocacy, shouldn't we? True. I agree. Um, I want to talk a little bit about about the book. The book is uh, the six pillars of advocacy: embrace your your cause and transform lives. Um, can we go through the the six pillars and just uh, kind of pick out what what that really means? What do you mean by pillars of advocacy? 
basically means here the steps that you need to take to be able to successfully advocate for your cause. So that's where the six pillars. So there are six steps that need to be taken and the person needs to apply them to their cause or his or her cause so they can uh, hopefully achieve a successful outcome. Well, you know, it's um, we see a lot in the news about um, climate change recently because of the uh, the talks in in Scotland and a lot of people would like to do something about climate change but it seems so big that they really aren't sure how much of a difference they can make but yet there's a pothole in the middle of the street between their driveway and the stop sign that they hit every day <laughs> and and there might be something they can do about that pothole, and that might lead to something else, isn't there? Yeah, so climate change is a big topic, as you just mentioned. And um, sometimes in advocacy, it matters who your adversary are. And um, because it's all about balance of power. And so you can advocate and you can bring people with you and you can try to raise funds and, and speak to the policy makers to make your case. But also if your uh, adversary or foe or whatever, you know, competitor, whatever word you want to use, they have a lot of power and they have a lot of lobbying efforts and, and money behind them, it, it's, it definitely makes it more difficult to advocate for your cause. However, that does not mean that you cannot do it and you cannot achieve some good result. Uh, now, you might not achieve all what you want, uh, but 40%, 50%, that's, that's a good achievement. And so I think in the climate change, you're uh, fighting. Well, I seem to have uh, lost audio from uh, from my guest. I'm we're oh, I see what happened. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll try to get reconnected with uh, Tarek Catella. Dr. Catella is uh, the author of a new book, The Six Pillars of Advocacy: Embrace Your Cause and Transform Lives. And uh, I'll see if I can't reconnect with uh with him and um and we'll carry on after a short break if you're listening to us on wfov 92.1 lpfm our voices radio in flint they are a broadcast service of the flint odyssey house spectacle productions and my friend paul herring we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break if you're streaming us at tomsumnerprogram.com we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. There's uh, lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, Tarek, are you including there? those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with Dr. Tarek Catella. Uh, he's, uh, his new book is The Six Pillars of Advocacy, Embrace Your Cause, and Transform Lives. He joins me by phone. Hi, Tarek. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Um, now, just before the break, I, I mentioned I wanted to talk about the six pillars of advocacy, uh, the title of your book. If someone has a cause that they feel strongly about, what's what's the first step they need to take? Okay. So, I mean, exactly. First, they need to identify the cause and what exactly they want to achieve. And to be able to succeed, in my opinion, it has to be a, go- a good cause, a noble cause. Uh, so that's number one. That's the first step. Number two, they need to uh, try to network with like-minded people who have the same passion, uh, the same vision of change. Because one hand is usually very difficult to clap. You need other people to help you. And so that will be the second step. The third one, once they, you know, identify these people and uh, this network of uh, like-minded people, they uh, need to go ahead and try to uh, start building an organization that they can advocate to. So, and, and there are more steps, but I think you asked me for the first one, so <laughs> sorry, I went on more than one step. But yeah, again, identifying their cause, what exactly they want to achieve, and then start uh, building a network of people who can help them with that. And the title of the book, again, uh, Tarek, is The Six Pillars of Advocacy. Um, What are those pillars? So, um, uh, number one is, as we mentioned, identifying a novel cause that's a good cause that people feel good about advocating for. It's not about personal interest, it's about helping other people. Number two is um, networking uh, with uh, other uh, like-minded people. Number three, education. They need to have a lot of education. Education for people to understand what the cause is about and to help them with it, and also education with policymakers. Number four is fundraising. They uh, need to try to get funds, either through their network or through uh, uh, internet, wherever they can get funds from. Uh, And number uh, five is building an organization because to be able to do a lot of things, hire lobbyists uh, or, uh, you know, just present yourself, it's much better to have an organization that's registered and legal. Plenty of advocacy tools uh, that people can use could be things like um, media, internet, uh, digital media, uh, or regular out, out media outlets, TVs, radio, 
Um, it, it could be uh, also things like meeting policymakers, uh, hosting events for them. All of these are among that. Do you have examples in the book of, of uh, people who have um, gone down a path of advocacy successfully? So I mentioned a couple of my own experiences. Uh, and actually each chapter, uh, almost each chapter, uh, where we had an advocacy campaign, I put these six houses these six pillars of advocacy work in that campaign, and I actually summarized them at the end uh, to show uh, a real example of how this works. And uh, for example, I can tell you really quick on how we were able to help the Congress pass a law against uh, the Assad, the criminal Assad, and um, using these pills, number one is we identified our noble cause of being, you know, trying to help people in Syria who are fighting for democracy and human rights against a, uh, a brutal dictator. Uh, number two is we did a lot of education for policymakers and for our community members to and uh, to educate them about the importance of advocacy and importance of this work. Number three, we uh, start networking with. Uh, like-minded people who identify with us and, uh, you know, understand the situation and try to help the, the, those poor people. Uh, number four, we built three organizations, including a PAC and a C, uh, three educational organization and C4 lobbying organization. Uh, and number five, we did a lot of fundraising as well. Uh, and eventually... Uh, we use the tools, we use digital media, we use the uh, events with the policymaker. Uh, we use all these tools to convince the policymaker of the importance of passing the law and, and supporting democracy in Syria. And we were able to do it. And usually they say only 3% of bills uh, uh, become a law. And you can imagine that this is international, something that you know, far away, and it's not as important for uh, many policymakers. It's not their priority, and we were able to convince them. And it, it took us a, a hard time, you know, and a long time, because the first year, it took, it took about four or five years for this law to pass. We worked on it for about two years uh, ourselves, so uh, with my group. So you can imagine how it's not easy, but it can be done. Well, this is... Uh this is interesting. When when did or does the book come out? So it came out about three weeks ago, less than three weeks ago, actually, uh, on Amazon. Um, so it's now there, available on Amazon. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was end of October when it was published uh, on Amazon. And how is... Um your um, how are the reactions to the book so far? What are you hearing back? Uh, well, um, the, the people who I mean, I read some of the reviews. We we had over a hundred reviews, like in the first probably week or two, and uh, I mean, I got 
some good reviews. I, I liked some of them that they, uh, you know, detailed what they liked about the book. And to me, what I found interesting is many of them uh, either wrote or told me, uh, the people I know, that they felt uh, it was like almost like action thriller book, you know. It, it teaches people, and it's a guidebook, but on the other hand, when they start reading it, they some of them told me, you know, I could not finish it, or I could not put it down till I finish it. A friend of mine uh, uh, wrote a long, uh, you know, email to me trying to tell me I he did not read the book for since medical school, and <laughs> and then told me, but when I got your book, uh, you know, I could not put it down till I finished it. it. Took him like three, four hours to to finish it. So, um, so I really hope that people, you know. Um, uh, after they listen to your program, feel that this is something that they will benefit from, and I assure them it will be like watching a movie. It, it has a lot of you know action and, and thriller in it uh, of how we were moving things and how difficult it was and and what obstacles happened and how the senator voted against us and how we were able to do it the next year and a lot of a lot of action. Tarek, is, is this your first book? Yes, this is my first book. And, uh, and somebody asked me, uh, are you planning for a second one? It, it takes a lot of time and effort for one book, so I'm not sure about the second book. But, but I think once you get your first book, it becomes easier, and that barrier drops. So once you know you have the second idea, uh, you know it might come, come again. Well, I was going to ask you that same question, Tarek, is if you'd gotten the bug now and and thought there'd be more books coming uh, in the future. Yeah, I, once I finished it, um, I did not think so. I thought that's the only one. It took so much time and effort and investment, and you know. But uh, now that two, three weeks passed, uh, you know, I feel, you know, I, I, I got some idea about a different thing, so maybe in the future, but, you know, maybe a year from now or so, I might think about it. It all depends on how much time you get, too. Like, if you get too busy, it's difficult. So, hopefully uh, we'll have one uh, in the future. Well, Tarek, uh, I really appreciate you spending uh, this time with me this morning. My guest is uh, Dr. Tarek Catella. He is the author of The Six Pillars of Advocacy, Embrace Your Cause, and Transform Lives. Um, Tarek, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about, and about you and the book and so on. Do you have a website? Yeah, yeah. The website is called The Six Pillars of Advocacy. If they just put that there, The Six Pillars of Advocacy on Google, they will find that website there. They can find the book on Amazon. Uh, so, yeah, it will be great to have, you know, more people get a chance to read the book and try to help, uh, you know, hopefully it will be a good guide and, and a useful source for them to advocate for their cause. And there's so many you know, uh, injustice in this world that, you know, people can work on it to change it. Well, Tarek, thank you so much, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Tom, to you and to your guests, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Take care. That was uh, Dr. 
Tarek Catella, author of The Six Pillars of Advocacy, Embrace Your Cause, and Transform Lives. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Thank you. 
California's on crisp apples to her and overs and slippers. Shizzle with noodles, walk is the fly with the moon on their wing. These are a few of my favorite things. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes. Snowflakes that linger on my nose and my eyelashes. Silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, one of me stays when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling sad. I simply remember my favorite things. Then I don't feel the letters feel so bad.
side of Jesus. Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. (laughs) 
Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. TomSumnerProgram.com Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickerson. After seven years of cycloid insomnia, or slugger's disease, John Bickerson had finally consented to allow Dr. Hershey to relieve his condition. In room 113 at the General Hospital, Mrs. Bickerson watches anxiously as a surgical nurse ministers to poor John, who is suffering an attack the night before the operation. Listen. Oh, it's like being married to a steam shovel nurse. Cough's normal. Enjoy yourself, dear. Dr. Hershey's waiting for you in the corridor, Mrs. Bickerson. Oh, hello, doctor. Is he resting? I gave him a sedative. That'll quiet him down. Well, he isn't very quiet. Oh, well, actually, I could have done the operation in my office. It's so trivial. 
I won't be in surgery over 15 minutes, and there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. Will it hurt him? Not the slightest. All we do is take a stitch in his palate and shorten his uvula. I hate to bring this up now, Dr. Hershey, but how much will it cost? The fee will be $50 with the anesthetic. How much is it without the anesthetic? I would say about $40. Would there be any discomfort if he didn't have an anesthetic? Not for me, there wouldn't. I wouldn't advise the operation without it. And you're sure he'll be cured when you're through? Oh, practically certain. Well, it's almost midnight now. I'll do his case first thing about seven. He just needs a good night's rest. Well, I'll just stay a little longer. Good night. Call the floor nurse if you need anything. Oh, I will. I hope that pill's quieted him down. I'm sure that isn't doing him any good. John! John, wake up! What? What's the matter, Blanche? Uh, what's the matter, huh? I put the cat out, I locked the windows, I left a note for the milkman, and I, and I hung up... John! Uh, we're in the hospital. What for? Is somebody sick? No! You're going to have an operation. Dr. Hershey's going to shorten your uvula in the morning. Well, then what did you wake me up now for? Well, you were snoring, and I was afraid you'd wear it off before you got a chance to operate. You've been snoring steadily for three hours. Don't you suppose I want to sleep, too? You're not sleeping here, are you? Yes, I am. It costs another $5 to put another cart in the room. I... And I intend to use it. I can't get one night's sleep. Where's my nightgown? Not night even gown? in the hospital. I don't understand why you have to have an operation to cure your snoring. I didn't want it. You've been working on me for seven years to do this. I'm beginning to think it was a waste of money. I could have used that $40. I'm still walking around in a short dress. What are you going on about? Tomorrow I'll be walking around with a short uvula. Don't be so crabby. I'm not crabby. I'm just sleepy. Why don't you stop fiddling with that mirror and put out the lights? I have to get undressed, don't I? Well, take your dress off. Why are you plucking your eyebrows at this time of night? I'm not plucking my eyebrows. I'm taking off my false eyelashes. False eyelashes? I didn't even know you had bald eyelids. My eyelids are not bald. It's just that my lashes are short, and they don't bring out my eyes. Lots of women use false eyelashes. Well, throw them away. You don't need anything to bring out your eyes. Really? Really. I'm satisfied with the way they bulge now. What kind of a remark is that? Oh, hurry up, Blanche. I'm groggy. Blanche, what on earth are you taking out of your hair? It's a rat. A what? A roll of false hair. I have to wear it for the new hairstyles. My own hair is too thin with a pompadour. Oh, darn it, I can't get out of this dress. Blanche, what are those things? silly. Haven't you ever seen shoulder pads before? Oh, I've never heard of such a thing. Your eyelashes are on the dresser, your hair is in the drawer, and your shoulders are on the chairs. What about it? That's you all over, Blanche. No one can think of more ways to spend money. Are you ready for bed now? Yes, dear. I'm ready for bed. Shall I crank yours up a little? No, put out the lights. Oh, I wanted to glance at the paper first. You go ahead and go to sleep. I can't sleep with the lights on. I left my sleep shade at home. Well, I won't be a minute. No one would believe this. In six hours, they're going to carve me to pieces. I'm supposed to rest, and here I'm... Shh! 
I can't concentrate with you mumbling. <laughs> There's certainly a lot of activity in Washington. What's all this tax reduction talk? Talk. Listen to what's... Blanche, I read the paper, every word of it. Read it to yourself. Don't be so disagreeable. Dr. Hershey told me to keep you occupied so you wouldn't think about the operation. All I'm thinking about is sleep. Oh, that's a good boy. You mustn't get nervous. No. I see the stock market is going up. That's fine. We have some stock, haven't we? Didn't you get some stock last year? Ten shares. Kentucky Salt Petermann's preferred stock. My brother got you in on the ground floor, didn't he? Where is that now? In the ground. I can't even find it listed on the stock page. Look in the help wanted column. Are you getting relaxed, dear? No, now I'm starting to get nervous. I'm worried about you, John. If anything happened to you on the operating table, it would all be my fault. So, you know what I think? We'll, uh... Sneak out, huh? No. I think you should make out a will. Make out a will? I thought you were worried about me. Well, you don't want to leave me at the mercies of all those grasping relatives of yours, do you? The minute you drop dead, they'll... Don't talk like that. Can't you say pass on or something like that? Well, you always say drop dead. That's only when I'm talking to your brother. You could be a little more delicate when you're discussing wills. Why? Because you make it sound like I'm going to go any minute. Well, they don't give you two weeks' notice, you know. Every man should make out a will. Okay, I'll make it out tomorrow. You say it, but you won't do it. Get up now. Do it now. What? Go on, get up, and make out a will. Well, you're out of your mind. In the first place, a will isn't legal unless you have two witnesses. And in second place, I haven't got anything to leave in the first place. Nobody is going to take anything, and I don't need a will. You are the most stubborn man that ever lived, John. Why? Why am I stubborn? It's the hardest thing in the world to make you admit I'm right when you know I'm wrong. There's a woman's logic for you. Suppose I do make out a will, and nobody can touch anything besides you. Okay, so now... You've got it all, my worldly goods. First thing you know, you'll get over your grief, marry a guy without a dollar to his name like that broken-down snore specialist, Dr. Hershey. Oh, I'm not going to marry anybody. He'll give up his practice, take you for every penny, my hard-earned money. He'll drive around my brand-new car, drink my bourbon, <laughs> loaf around like the French, never do a day's work. Why don't you make the bum get a job, Blanche? And then screaming like that up and go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. I'm a nervous wreck. She practically walks me into a funeral. Mary's a doctor behind my back. Now she tells me to go to sleep. I'll never sleep another wink as long as I... John, the telephone. The telephone. Answer no. it! Who, who the dickens is calling? Who moved the phone, Blanche? What'd you get up for? It's right on the night table beside your bed. I thought I was, uh... Hello? Mrs. Renesas, this is your maternity nurse. You can get ready now. I'm bringing your baby in. What? Blanche, how long have I been here? Isn't he 413? I don't know what this is, but I'm not feeding any babies. A way to run a hospital. It's just a mistake, John. No, I shouldn't have fallen for this operation deal. I could be so comfortable at home in my own bed. One of us should have stayed there. What for? How do you know a prowler won't break in? I left a whole bottle of bourbon on the dresser. Nobody will break in. The 
turkey would gobble and scare him away. The turkey would gobble? I can just see. Turkey? What turkey? Well, I was going to surprise you. I won a turkey in a raffle, John. You've got a live turkey running around the house? He isn't running around. I've got him tied to your bed. On my bed? What'd you do that for? I'll have the whole thing full of feathers. What'll we do with a live turkey? Well, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, John, and I thought you'd murder him for dinner. I'm not going to murder any turkeys. But if he lays a beak on my bourbon, I'll chop his head off. (laughs) Blanche, you're the most impossible woman that ever lived. Oh, I'm sorry, John. I guess everything I do is wrong. I'll go home and put the turkey out. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Never mind. I didn't mean to holler. Let's go to sleep so I can feel good for the operation. I don't think I want you to have it. What's the least I can do for you? Kept you awake all these years with my snoring, and when Dr. Hershey gets through with me, I'll be as quiet as a mouse. But if you stop snoring... I'll never wake you up, will I? No. And if I don't wake you up, we won't fight, will we? That's right. Well, that settles it. I'm not going to let him operate, John. Why not? It's the only chance I get to talk to you. Come on, we're going home. (sighs) I give up. TomSumnerProgram.com 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 From the Tom show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>